I'm travel journalist Bill Cleveland, and this is the Ultimate American Music Bucket List. That's there. I found the Don Ho statue. I didn't even know Don Ho had a statue, but he's got one in Waikiki now. Uh oh. So. I didn't I don't I, I don't know that I put that one in the book. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to do a second printing here. For more than 20 years, he's been the popular morning host on Sirius XM's All 60s Music Channel. But Flash Phelps is more than just a DJ. He's a road trip enthusiast. We talk about his favorite musical destinations right now on the Ultimate American Music Bucket List. Flash Phelps was one of the original satellite radio DJs, back when most experts questioned why anyone would pay to listen to the radio. Flash forward, Flash Phelps is still there, and one of the most popular personalities on the satellite service, heard by millions of listeners all over North America each morning on his Flash Phelps Funny Farm program. Each day he plays the hits from the 1960s, sharing stories from listeners and behind-the-scenes scoop of the artists and the bands that once ruled the Billboard charts. But his claim to fame may be his love for road trips and incorporating those travels each day into his morning program. From his City of the Day contest to regular travel suggestions and visitor tips, Phelps is a constant promoter of exploring America including many of the places featured in my book, The Ultimate American Music Bucket List. One question people always ask me, and I'm going to ask you, um, what kind of car do you drive, and how many miles do you do you put on your car in the course of a year? Oh, oh, uh, that's a Honda Civic. I've used, the, I've used those because first I used a Ford Mustang, but it didn't make it to 200,000 miles. Oh. Then... I did a uh, Ford Probe. I did two Mustangs and a Probe. Not neither of them made it to any of them to two hundred thousand. Then I got here to XM, and they said you need to get a Honda Civic. That thing will go forever. So I did, and these were the first that went not only over two hundred thousand miles, but the last one went to half million miles, and that was the the twenty twelve that made it to the half million mile mark because I average between 60 to 80,000 miles a year. And I keep a map that uh, is on my phone and I try to do at least 40 U.S. states a year. So uh, last year I did 45 and and I did all by car. I didn't fly um, for the last two years because of the pandemic. So it was all done. I just would drive from Maryland to Oregon to Washington, and then I would drive to Arizona on another trip. And uh, the car and these tires, by the way, I just got new tires, and they last about a hundred thousand miles. So I use the Transas, and uh, they're prorated for eighty. Uh, but uh, even the original tires of the car, they put Firestones on them, and they went a hundred thousand. So that came up. So I got this the car that I'm driving now in late 2018, and wow. so. Those, those tires hit 100,000 in May of 2020. So the lockdown had just ended with a pandemic. And then I went and got them over at Firestone. And they're like, I said, I'll go back to Bridgestone Transits. So I just yesterday changed over to new tires and the car's 215,000 miles. And they're like, these tires have 115,000 miles on them <laughs> in less than two years. I said, yeah, <laughs> by the way, those tires have rolled through every state except yeah. Hawaii, Alaska, California, Nevada. They've been in every state. And they're like, oh, my gosh, we got to put these in our museum and show people <laughs> what the Bridgestone does. So that was the, that's it. So 
it's 60,000. Usually last year I did 61,000 miles uh, throughout uh, all the states. I, the, uh, what did I not hit? I didn't, oh, I didn't go to Rhode Island last year. It was one of the weird ones that like, how'd you miss Rhode Island? I said, well, I 84 and I was going up to New Hampshire. And then the second time I went up, I was going to Boston. And the next time I went up, I was going to Maine. I said, I kept on saying, I'll go back to Rhode Island on one of these trips and never did. So Rhode Island was a missing state during 2021. <laughs> and so was uh-huh. South Dakota. Because I, they're like, how'd you miss South Dakota? You went to North Dakota. You went to Montana. You went to Wyoming. How did you like loop around it? I said, that's what I did. I went out through Nebraska and I went through out through uh, Wyoming. And then I came up into Idaho. Oh, I did Utah and then Idaho. And then went out into Oregon, Washington, came back across Montana and North Dakota and to Minnesota. And then by the time I did that, I missed South Dakota. It's so fun just hearing you and talking to you because you love road trips as much as I love oh, yeah. road trips. And, and, and honestly, I think you, I think you love them way more even than I do. Uh, you <laughs> yeah. know, we're a sort of kindred spirits here. But so just another question about, about your road trips. Do you do you always travel solo? Do you always stop at the little, you know, the little brown signs along the high? See, nobody, uh, nobody wants to ride with me because I'm constantly right. stopping at stuff. I'm guessing you yeah. do, too. So- so what, what people will hear me do is they'll go, well, how come you went from here to here and you didn't stop there? I go, well, I already stopped there. You got to remember all the different travels I'm doing. I'm not going to duplicate it unless they right. put something new in. Sure. So I will usually I have all these marks over my map saying I have not done this, this and this. This is where I want to go. I've already done this. If I have a photo with it, I'm not going to stop unless they something. So that's how I do my travels. But, yeah, I. For uh, about 90% of the drives, I'll do solo because some just don't like the long distances that I'll pull off. And right. uh, when you do it solo, then you get a chance to not have uh, when somebody else will go, well, I don't really feel like seeing that right now. And then you get <laughs> something like that. And then it's like, all right, I'll go back to that on a, another one of the trips. So, yeah, this, uh, about 90% of the drives I'll do. So I get so much vacation time. I get almost what thirty year, days a year. <laughs> I get wow. a month. Yeah. Wow. Well, it, 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 that's I, funny. I've been here twenty-two years. That happens. It's funny hearing you say that because uh, same deal. People are like, ah, I don't want to stop at that. But you know what's interesting is when, like, my dad will travel with me. Like once a year, we'll do a road trip together, and yeah. and he's kind of like that. He'll say, well, I don't want. And I'm like, well, too bad. We're going. And then yeah. And then, and then when we do, he's the first one to go. Hey, can you uh, can you take a picture of me in front of the world's largest easel or in front uh, of the world's largest uh, rocking? Uh, I mean, which, you know, which which we both know the world's largest easel was in Goodling, Kansas. In yeah. Kansas, that's right. And it's got. Flower on it yeah we know you, that the, you that's <laughs> we're the only ones but that's okay that's okay um so i mean has travel always kind of been in your blood i, yeah. I think i read somewhere that by the time you were in your early 20s you'd already been to all 50 states How, how'd you manage that well it was 49 i had done by that time because okay. when i moved out to montana and then i kept on looping and hitting all the different states i had been to hawaii that's how i got into radio because I wanted to be on the radio really bad. And they were giving away a trip to Rio de Janeiro. And I tried to win the trip. And then I was, they, they asked me, they go, how old are you? I said, 17. He goes, you have to be 18 to win. I said, when do you say that? 3 a.m. on the overnight. So I couldn't win that one. And the uh-huh. next week they had one to Hawaii. And I figured out all the answers with a song collage. And the first time they played it, I figured it out, called my sister, six years older than I am. And she called in and just read down the paper of what I told her. And they thought there had to be a leak. So they called her and she said, my brother wants to be in radio really bad. So they, we, she went to the trip and I said, will you go with your husband? And she said, no, you got all the answers. You're going to Hawaii. So <laughs> when I was 18, I went to Hawaii and I got back 
And my dad said, uh, you know, what, what are some of the places that you'd like to see? And I said, Hollywood. And he laughed and uh, he got some money from work. And uh, he said, uh, you know what? Let's go to Southern California. And we did. We went out. So I saw that. And the more I saw a little of it, and uh, because after the, around 1968, 69, my mom and dad probably had a tough time making it. And so I wouldn't travel that much. I'd go from New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, Virginia. And that was about all I would see. So growing up until I was about 18, then I was able to go, wow, I'm free. I can hop in this car and start driving. And I wanted to go see everything. And Ed McMahon show made a comment about he had been to all 50 states. So that was what I wanted to do. And I found and I finally got to my 49th state, which was Minnesota, or as I call it, Minnesota. And so after I got into that state, that's when I said, all right, 50th will be Alaska. But I lost my mom and I had some money. And I said, I want to go to Australia. I want to go to New Zealand. I want to go to Hong Kong. I want to go to the UK. I want to go to Bermuda. I want to. And I started traveling to all these English speaking places around the world. And I never went to Alaska until I was 29 to complete the 50. And now Alaska is the, the state I've been in the least amount of times at five times. So that's where it is. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah. All right, so let's let's switch gears. Let's this is the uh, ultimate American music bucket list here. So uh, let, let's talk some music. So, what city, since you've traveled all over, what city would you say has the most um, musical attractions or historic places to see related to music? Uh, Memphis is a great one because yeah. I, I just like it, and I just found the Jerry Lee Lewis Ranch, which yes, down. I, I didn't had not had a shot with that, and I just found out about the Lewis Ranch, and so I went down to the Mississippi and I got that photo standing yes. there, and uh, a lot of people, you know, they all see the gates of Elvis, or, you know, at yeah. Graceland, but they don't go see Jerry Lee Lewis's place, yes. so you can look that up and and find that, um, and then. Uh, I mean, everything from Sun Records. To, it's mm -hmm. fun to go around. So Memphis has some great connections. Elvis Presley's first home um, out on the east side or on the east side of town. A lot of people don't even know that that was the first house he bought. And it's, it's there, something you can go see. So I like that those connections. And um, other cities that I like musical connections in would be, uh, well, I love Clear Lake, Iowa. I think that was a, mm -hmm. a fun one to be able to go to because of uh, the connection and walk out to the site. And yeah. um, obviously New York has a lot of them. Seattle, the EMP that was there has a lot about uh, music there. Um, obviously LA where you can just go all around town san francisco i'm trying to give another really uh a good one that's music oriented that's there i found the don ho statue i didn't even know don ho had a statue but he's got one in waikiki now uh-oh so, i didn't i don't I, I don't know that i put that one in the book <laughs> <laughs> might have to do a second printing here uh yeah. you mentioned you mentioned the jerry lee lewis ranch i have i have a photo of myself in front of the ranch gates there and i i bring i don't know about you but so when i take my pictures i have a i have a tripod that i take with yep. me yep yeah and i have the camera on the uh a uh, little remote there. So I just hit the button and it takes a yep. picture. And and so I, and I'm always a little leery about like, maybe I shouldn't be here. Like I do this a lot, I, but, uh, but I had the, uh, the last time when I went to the ranch, uh, I got my tripod all set up and I'm getting it ready and I hear sirens and I thought, Oh what? God, no, hopefully nobody's called the police. And of course they weren't coming to get me. They were going yeah. somewhere else, but I got so I, panicked. <laughs> I, did, I, did. I had somebody call the police on me when I was doing photos of a uh, stadium. And um, I did uh, did my shot, and it was selfies. It wasn't like I was taking photos of the stadium. Yeah. They thought they thought it must have been like a terrorist kind of thing. Oh, so good somebody Lord. calls the police on me for 
taking selfies in front of the stadium and the police came and then they had to check all the background on me. Oh, oh my, my goodness. Yeah, that was a, a true thing. And, Holy uh, cow. Yeah, so that was a, a big one. Oh, I'm trying to think of another good one. Montgomery has, a, you know, the cold uh, Hank Williams connection. Yeah. There's um, some good ones there. Uh, <laughs> I just... Uh, I love it. it's like music connections that are fun to go into. Oh yeah, we uh, did. Chicago, obviously. Detroit. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Detroit, Detroit has so many fun things up, and you got to look them up. T- start typing in the Google Maps just names of artists, and you'd be surprised how many artists have streets named after them in the city of Detroit. So just name some Motown artist, and then look it up. Oh, oh, back to and, and back to Memphis because uh, of Aretha Franklin way mm-hmm. there. But I went to the Aretha Franklin birth home in memphis and i hurried up because i everybody said hey you know that's not the greatest section to, to go into <laughs> no so i drove over and i i looked around i parked I, I ran out i left the car running and i grabbed the tripod did three shots and hopped back in the car <laughs> well and the same can be said for the jackson fives home oh yes in gary that, indiana it's that's yeah. really run down it's that, very sad yeah. The first time I went, Michael was still alive, so they didn't have the fence around it. And I got the photo there, and uh, and, and I you look at that home and go, wait a minute, they're nine kids. How yes. in the world did they, they fit inside of this? They were the same amount of kids as the Osmonds, and I couldn't believe how small it was. So the next time I went back, they had the Michael Jackson monument from his passing in 2009, and then the fence was around it then. Um, so I, I love finding you know, movie homes and, and things like that, that also relate to music. So that's always a great connection. Yeah. yeah. And what, and so what do you do with your photos when you take your pictures, then, you share uh, them online? Uh, not all of them right away. So what I do is I label them and I try to put the, together the most wording on it that I would need. And mm-hmm. so after I have all the wording on there, then, um, I can search it out a little faster. So I'll start searching for I need like today I wanted to like William Shatner there's a music artist because he did Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds I played it this morning so uh (laughs) so with William Shatner it's like uh, all I have to do is look up either Kirk or Shatner or Star Trek and it'll take me to my photos in Riverside Iowa which is his future birthplace for 2228 on the date and so that's the kind of thing where if I can search that photo out then I'll put it up on Facebook on the Flash Phelps Funny Farm site, all with PHs. And then I'll say, hey, on March, uh, whatever the date is. And then I do historicals on that day, or this is happening. Uh, this There's an event happening here, Super Bowl, uh, the, the Masters happening. Here's a photo in Augusta. There, I try to match the historical or the current happening with that photo. Right. That's how I'm doing. Well, yeah. you are you are way more organized than I am, man. I, gotta, <laughs> <laughs> I just have to scratch my head and go, all right, what year was I there? And try to find um, it on my, my Google photo uh, archives. But uh, that's probably um, a good idea to put some wording la- in label there. Them with his, yeah, that's a big hint to anyone who's taking photos. Always the more labeling you can do on that photo just by keywords of what would I want? Today is National uh, Basketball Day. And then just search in basketball. And just see what it hits. Basketball Hall of Fame, Springfield, uh, Matt Massachusetts. So there will be a lot of the world's largest basketball in Knoxville. And you'll find all these different ones. Oh, here's a a basketball outside the FedEx Forum. And I see all the photos come up. I was like, which one should I use? Okay, I'll pick this one. And that's how I choose as to what photo I put up for that day. But to create a historical on a daily 
thing, not just a random, hey, I went here and there's no reason for this. I, I try to really make it have something to do with a learning experience. Yeah. Put that out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'm just going to give you well, rapid fire here real quick. I'm going to give you just a handful of things that I've got in the book, places that we, we have chapters on in the ultimate oh. American music bucket list. And I want you to tell me if you've been there and if so, just, you know, real, whatever kind of pops in your head. So uh, I'm from St. Louis, as you know now. Uh, so Chuck Berry is is first and foremost on my list. You've I know you've seen the Chuck Berry statue in Blueberry Hill. I have right out there on the West End, and I've followed all the uh, the stars, including Fontella Bass. So yeah. I have my photo with it, and it's a giant statue. It's, that's it larger is. than life. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, and it is very lifelike. It's a it's a wonderful statue. Um, all right, uh, the Eddie Kendrick Memorial. Yeah, and in, in uh, Birmingham, Alabama, Birmingham, I have my photo. Yeah. yeah, standing on stage with them, and then they have the painted Temptations right behind them. So that's, that's right. a, a incredible memorial. Yeah. Um, now here's a place I have in the book. I actually have not been there as of yet. I'm guessing you have the uh, Woodstock Music and Art Fair. Yep. Yeah. Once you go up to Bethel, New York, and mm -hmm. uh, you make the town the the turn into Bethel, you go north, and then the museum's on the right, parking lot's on the right. But what you do is you pass the museum, and you come up over the hill, and you come down to the stop sign, make a right, and you'll see the historical New York sign that says this is the place. And you can park in that parking lot, and they have a New York, uh, another uh, there, and you can look over. And what they did is at the very bottom of the hill, they put boulders, and that's where the stage was. And then you look up at the hill. So, yeah, Bethel, New York, the home of Woodstock, great uh, stop. And I and this is embarrassing, but I don't mind. I'm I'm pretty transparent with my audience. I, I honestly thought it was in Woodstock, New York no. until I wrote well, the book. I didn't realize well, it. it was, it was oh, in Bethel. Yeah. yeah, Bethel. Yeah, they did it. And it was uh, one of those. That's where they jammed the, through it. It's like, how, how do you find this place? And uh, and how did you get the Asker's farm? And it's just amazing that he used that. And then all the trouble that uh, came out of that. Oh, my God. <laughs> A mess there in 69. Yeah, yeah but it's, you, it's great to go back and just look at that site and imagine that many people. When they say a half million people on that hill, I don't know if it were, but <laughs> who, who counted, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, next one, uh, Grand Ole Opry. You've been to the Grand Ole Opry, I'm sure. Yeah, both both locations when you go downtown. And it's kind Ryman, of cool because yeah. our country channels are in the Bridgestone Arena. So if you're oh, in the okay. corner of Broadway and Fifth, the southwest corner, that's Bridgestone Arena. There's a cone there, and the Travel Center is in the basement, but all of the Sirius XM country channels are in that cone. And then Caddy Corner to it, you'll see the mural for all the country artists, and then you'll see it. And what they did now on the top of the Ryman Auditorium, they now have statues. Bill Monroe has a statue, and Loretta Lynn. And yeah. you'll notice if you walk that north edge, they have places to put more statues. So I'm kind of hoping they'll do that. And you go around to the front, little Jimmy Dickens faces Fourth Avenue and then inside Minnie Pearl. So uh, that one, if you go off to the other part, off of the Briley Parkway for the Grand Ole Opry. I loved Opryland, uh, the, uh, the whole amusement park that was yeah. there. So that was there. And then they took the amusement park out and then they put the mall in. And then so that's the newer Grand Ole Opry seen off the Briley Parkway. And you can get your photo with the giant guitar or uh, they yeah. have the giant electric guitar and the banjo. So they're the two outside photo ops that sit right there. Yeah, good place. <laughs> this is so crazy having this conversation with you because usually I'm the only one that knows any of this crap. And, uh, <laughs> and it's nice I'm to, hear... to be detailed. So I'm like, no, you know that, hey, I, I have been. To these no, I, it's, so, it's, it's awesome. All right. Uh, Fame Recording Studios, Muscle Shoals. 
Yeah. So when I go down there, see, I go to Memphis a lot. So when I okay. go into to fame, one of the cool things right down the street from fame that you can go and there's these uh, giant silver statues that uh, you know, playing the bass and the guitar. They're all around. So there's all four cities, so you have Florence and Muscle Shoals and Tuscumbia, and they're all right there. What an incredible area. But uh, the fame studios are just right there on the corner. And uh, mm-hmm. I was just back there again. This past, oh gosh, when did I go last June was when I was there. It was raining pretty bad on that day. But a lot of times when I go, oh, I'll drive down to Memphis. Sometimes I'll go down through Huntsville, Alabama, and then come up through Muscle Shoals that way. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just, I love finding all those. Uh, uh, and then you get a chance to get out onto Jackson Highway to be able to see that area. And, but uh, yes, I, I do like Fame Studios. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. And then the last one that I'll mention, and I actually am doing an interview with these folks uh, next week for this podcast, and it's the uh, the uh, Tina Turner uh, Museum uh-huh. in, yeah. in West Tennessee. Have you been there? Oh yeah. Okay. So it's exit fifty six off I forty. Let me write then, this down. <laughs> yeah, exit fifty six. And as soon as you as soon as you exit, you go north and you make your first right. And then as soon as you make your right, you're gonna the road's gonna hook around to the left, and you will see the uh, murals of Tina Turner right there. And there's by the way, there's murals on the west side, the south side, and the east side face. And you want to turn around to the north face of it because they have the one that says simply the best. And then uh, you can go inside the museum there. They have a lot about all of, all of West Tennessee musicians there. And then uh, there's a schoolhouse and you can go in the schoolhouse there and uh, get some shots as well. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, that uh, museum is very nice. But what another really cool thing to do, go north of it and go to Nutbush because Nutbush is where she's from, not yeah. really Brownsville. And there is the Tina Turner Highway, and you can get a photo with the Tina Turner Highway sign in Nutbush. So that's a, another nice one. But, uh, yeah, that museum has done very well for her. So um, it's uh, not a whole lot in there, but uh, it's, it's worth just stopping by. The murals are my favorite part of that museum. Yeah, I'm a big maybe you're the same way, but I'm just a really big person on being able to plant my two feet um, in, in a place where something great happen so whether it was that that schoolhouse or whether it's Stan and son studio or or that's you know we just mentioned fame though i mean to me that's what travel and certainly musical travel is all about here yeah it was one of those things that i didn't like in the past because it's like why do i need to learn about history so growing (laughs) up in school that's not something i really wanted to do i just didn't care about it until i started traveling and then i wanted to live out west and i got that job in montana and i would go out there it's like wait a minute, why didn't I pay attention to some of this? So then I started not only grabbing maps, I wanted to learn about what did Lewis and Clark do? Yeah, You sit there and you go over to the Alton and you see all your area around St. Mm-hmm. Louis. And it's just a really amazing saying once they got here and then they, uh, it took till May till they decided to get into that. And you look at the convergence of how the Mississippi and Missouri, how that flow is really strong going out. How did they get across and get in there <laughs> right the start and and then how did they make it all the way and they only lost one person so floyd was the only one lost along the way they got out <laughs> and back and you come back into downtown st louis a lot of people don't know under the eads bridge just to the south of the eads bridge which is the uh north side when you're from the arch they have the statue that's called the salute to them coming back and 1806 so when you see that statue you're like wow what an accomplishment they did 
And I, I can, I've been here 40 years. I don't, I, I don't even remember the dog's name. What was the dog's name they were with? Um, uh, oh, it's a bad name too. It's, um, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, I know there's a, st- there's, that's, there's one I didn't get right away. It's, um, there, I can't um, remember. It's when you hear the name, you'll go, uh, Ooh, that's not a good name. Yeah. Um, there's, there's one in, uh, in um, St. Charles, Missouri too, a statue of, of the, them with the dog. And I, I can't remember. It, remember yeah. What? Look up the name, and when you hear the name, you'll go, "Oh, why did they name that name, that for the dog?" But he he's a, and there's a giant one of them out in North Dakota, it's South Dakota. It's near Mobridge, South Dakota. There's okay. a giant one of them. He's probably ten feet tall. <laughs> um, so kind of winding down here. So you've been doing music radio for a long time, um, and so radio certainly changed in terms of you know how important it is in the success of an artist just because you know we have streaming and, and all these other things um but, but how important do you think you know your current role you're you do the morning show on the 60s channel you have a huge audience keeping those you know 60s artists and their songs alive and the bands relevant um mm-hmm. because a lot of those are not played on terrestrial radio anymore yeah. so you know how how important do you think that job is for you to kind of just keep keep those folks with their names and, and you know out and about and, and and connecting them with with the listeners yeah well i'll tell you what when it's, i came here in 2000 at that point our artists were in their 50s and now they're mm-hmm. in their 70s and close to their 80s and i love the fact that they're still out there so every time i get one i love throwing in where they're going to be. And then I hear from a listener that says, wow, I didn't know they were going to be there. Even recently talking about, you know, you can see Roy Orbison and Buddy Holly in concerts. Like, well, they're not around anymore. How do you do that? <laughs> well, it's a hologram. Well, people went to see them and they write me back saying, oh my gosh, it looked like I was seeing the concert. Thank you for telling me about these things. So I wow. like throwing it in. And I know our bosses will always say, thank you for making our artists relevant that yeah. uh, they do get out there. They still perform. There's places for you to see them and uh, see them now while you can, because you right. just don't know if that would be the last time. But uh, it's a, it's an exciting thing to be able to say what they're doing and trying to follow them online. Even with Mark Lindsay, lead singer of Paul Revere and the Raiders, he's not out doing a whole lot of tours. He didn't want to do a whole lot. So he uh, is building a house. So I'll just talk about, hey, I just saw inside of his house. He'll take photos and I'll say, yeah. oh, he's got a fireplace or he's got a jukebox at the end of this hallway. And um, this is his music room. So when you get these artists that you can tell stories about, they uh, they do appreciate it now. Maybe not in the past, where, uh, but some of the artists know that this is what they need. This is mm-hmm. where our listeners are. And I got the really cool call back in 2005 that uh, a 310 area code. And if you're familiar with that, that's L.A. Mm-hmm. So L.A. rings and I'm going, I don't know who this is. And they pick up the phone and goes, Flash, this is Bob Crew. Do you know who I am? That was the way he said it. I was like, Bob Crew. Yes, I know exactly who you are. <laughs> I go, you know, you produced uh, all the great records. I yeah. play music to watch girls by. He said, well, we got this play called Jersey Boys. And I was told you'd be a good person to talk to to promote it. I said, sure. Go wow. there. And I jokingly said to him, I said, uh, Bob, uh, when you come to New York, uh, why don't you? I said, I'll go see Jersey Boys with you. Well, I was joking. And yeah. next thing you know, he comes for the Tony Awards. And the Friday before it, he had called and he said, Flash, I'm going to the Tony Awards. I'm going to be there Friday. Do you want to go with me? And I was, uh, yeah. So I took off. I went to New York and his brother went with us and he had four tickets. I go, who's the other one? He said, we're going to go pick up uh, somebody. 
And we picked up Ellie Greenwich. Oh, what an incredible songwriter Ellie Greenwich is. Mm-hmm. So I, so I, I'm sitting there with Bob Crow and Ellie Greenwich watching the beginning of the Jersey Boys. So it was just uh, such an honor. And neither of them are with us today. But yeah. just to be able to have them, to, I mean, for somebody to say, hey, to promote something 60s, this is to who you'd want to promote it because somebody listening to the 60s is really going to enjoy hearing about these people or knowing that it exists. And so I was glad Jersey Boys did so well. Yeah, that is probably my favorite, or at least one of my favorite uh, musicals. It's it's fantastic. And, and you mentioned that, that you know those artists. Uh, obviously, they're they're aging now. But do do you find that there are people? Look, I'm in my early 40s. Um, I know people who are younger than me that that still appreciate and and love the 60s because they're discovering yes. it for the first time yeah. now. Do you you find a lot of that? I do find that that you'll notice that through a lot of the different people who call that are younger. And we used to laugh back in the early 2000s. We got a call from Trent and Trent at that point. He was like, when were you born? And you can tell he's a little kid. And he's like, 1998. Well, <laughs> 98. Now you look back, it's like, oh, my gosh, you could be 24 this year. But when he was a little kid, I was like, why do you like this? He goes, I listened to all the channels, but I like this. And because of his grandparents, his grandparents would play it. And then sure. that's how a lot of the ones that are in their 20s and 30s and 40s, they grew up. They, it's like, or they know the song. And they would find it through discovery saying, you know what? These songs are actually pretty cool. I knew them, but I didn't even do 60s even prior to coming here because I had done top 40 radio and country and all these different formats. Mm -hmm. And then finally I got that thing. They're like, well, we'd like you to be on the 60s. It's like the 60s. I said, (laughs) I don't know about doing. See, I told people I was going to xm to do the 60s and they're like what's xm i go well it's this future thing that's going to be a satellite (laughs) oh yeah whatever and then they're like but and they'd say how can you do the 60s i said i don't know they told me that i sound like the 60s but i can learn the music but they can't teach somebody to do what i do so (laughs) that was how it was presented and uh the first email i got said you're our kind of nut was Mm. it from dave logan and then they hired me for being a nut and I sat there for a year and learned all these 60s songs by title. And then I got to hear them by music. And now I've lived that. I always laugh at this. If I would have started the day I started, if it would have been January the 1st, 1960, the current year would be 1982, I think. Wow. (laughs) I've gone through 22 years of the 60s. It just has not ended. Well, you picked a good decade, or I guess you didn't yeah. pick it. You were handed I didn't a good, pick, they uh, picked it handed a good decade. Um, you, you've met a lot of these people now. Anybody that that you got to meet just because of your job uh, and being yeah, on the all. air that that you were so excited to finally meet in person that you kind of geeked out a little bit. Yeah, there are some of them that have just walked. I like when they just walk in. The one of our latest is Steven Spielberg, who we found out is a huge 60s gold listener. And he just uh, he was doing an interview about West Side Story. And in the middle of it, he talked about three stations he loves. And he said, I listened to West. I, I listened to the 60s gold. He goes, it used to be 60s on six. But now it's called 60s gold. It's like, oh, my gosh, he really does listen. When they mention you by uh, name that uh, that they look the the one that the tweet that got me somebody said do you follow you know this uh this writer and i said no and they said well you better go to his site right now because he just wrote about you and um, it was a guy named stephen king oh my gosh <laughs> and he he wrote on his thing he said um I'm listening to DJ Flash Phelps. He spelled my name correctly. And he said, why does the music sound so great on a Friday is what he wrote. And all these people answered. 
But I was just so shocked that Stephen King had listened. But then it's like, you know what? These are our listeners. They can listen anywhere. And they just yeah. love the sound. And so I never know all the different people that are listening. It would be really nice to have a list of, oh, that person knows uh, who listened. I just don't know who they all are. But uh, um, I know I know. usually our, most of our 60s lovers are 70s artists because they grew up with the 60s. Right, so yeah. they were having their hits in the 70s and they were influenced by 60s. So if you know all these artists out of the 70s, they're the ones who you go, oh my gosh, I can't believe they listen. It's really neat. So. Wow. Well, I have to tell you, th this was so much fun chatting with you and, um, and, and oh. for people who you know, maybe they don't have XM or they, they do and they don't know about the 60s channel. I hope they'll tune in and, and they'll listen to your program because it just because of the travel stuff for sure. But you can tell when you listen that you're having a good time and that you really enjoy. I mean, you know, any of us that, that get to do this sort of thing for a living, you know, we're not we're not digging ditches. You know what I mean? I mean, so we're <laughs> we're pretty fortunate, but you can really tell in your voice and your your programming that that you love what you do and that that makes it more listenable. So, yeah. Um, um, especially it's the only thing i've ever done so i don't know what else i would do my thanks to flash for taking the time to visit with us on this episode you can catch him weekday mornings on sirius xm's 60s gold channel formerly 60s on six you can now find flash and all of the station's popular djs on xm channel 73 if you're suddenly inspired to hit the road and do some sightseeing for yourself, you can grab a copy of the Ultimate American Music Bucket List. Just head over to AmericanMusicBucketList.com. You can order signed copies of the book for yourself or for your favorite music lovers and travelers. You can also check out all of my travel books as well as follow me across America on my road trips by visiting BillOnTheRoad.com.